Father God, this voice must, might be small, but this voice is big. Bless her as she speaks to our hearts this morning. May every word fall on good ground, yes. fertile ground, yes. prepared ground, willing ground, ground that is willing to hear, to do, to execute. We pray a blessing over her as she ministers to us in Jesus' name. Good morning, church. Good morning. Can I... Okay, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to come closer. We're going to come closer. Because I'm going to try and project in this direction. So if you're going to be on the far ends, this people's not going to hear me if I talk this way. And if I talk this way, this people's not going to hear me. So can we all see if we can fit into this middle part and come as close as possible? You can even sit on the floor. Just come as close as possible. Okay, family, good morning. I thought I'd start this morning a little bit different. I want to start with a poem, a poem that was given to me by the Lord, a poem that I wrote with the Lord a couple of years ago. Um, and the poem is basically, or spoken word piece as I like to call it, is called State of My Soul. And then I'll get into the message. Is that okay? Yes. I just want to speak to you from my heart this morning. Okay? Flatlined on the hospital table, spiritual ER, hardly stable, so blind, unconscious, like some show on cable, I saw myself laying there, dying and disabled. I heard the machines, the beepings declining, the nurses are rushing, we're losing a doctor, she's not even fighting. See, in reality, I was smiling as the world went by me, but inside denying that too much garbage I'd been hiding. Hurts which I thought were buried, and oh, the disappointments they varied, and so too much baggage I carried as myself and lies were about to be married. Unforgiveness was like an altar, and bitterness like a ring, unbelief like a witness, and disobedience like a wedding theme. As if my heart of flesh had turned to stone, too many truths, too many wounds, my scars had showed, like the prodigal son I had enough and decided to hit the road. But I couldn't save myself even if I tried. My vitals were dropping as I held on to my pride. Vitals like hope and the desire to keep living. My knowledge of the cross, a guilt burden because I hated my own helplessness. What a failure I had felt. Surely I failed God just like I failed myself. But in the spiritual emergency room, like they're about to call time of death, the doctor rushes in and says, I'm not done with her yet. Defibrillator named love and shock waves of truth loosened the grips of death and destroyed deception's noose. A second shock of loving came and courage filled my veins again like an anesthetic relieving the pain or oxygen revitalizing the brain. One final shock, a breath of hope gasping deeply. My heart no longer choked because he excavated my heart right after injection of faith. A painful process but necessary to loose the chains. 
for darkness to be gone and light to be my robe, I was now slowly recovering as my life was being made whole. My doctor, my counselor, his advice was so kind. He said, you've been healed and delivered, but transformation is in the renewing of your mind. He said, I paid the cost for your life to be saved. No condemnation because you've newly been made. I heard every cry for help that you prayed. Let me explain. I was rescued from deception and set free through redemption. Now every day, he pursues my attention, asking me one simple faith question. Will you trust me? Amen. And every day I vow, Jesus, I do. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So the, the reason I've shared this poem or spoken word piece many times. But this morning I wanted to share it with, with you for two reasons. One, I wanted to introduce this concept of story. Story is engaging. It's, it's this relay of information and content from a speaker or, or storyteller and a listener having a response. And the reason why I mention this is because when I was tasked, I don't say tasked, but given the opportunity to share this morning, my guideline was that we're digging deeper into, as me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, and it also beautifully shared about the generations, and Percy shared so beautifully on faith, and, and Fauna shared about how the silence needs to be broken, and, and, uh, and, and what was there for me to say still? But as I pondered on this verse, as I pondered on, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As I meditated and mulled over this concept that we were digging into, I found some questions arising. Why was he saying this? Why did Joshua feel the need to say, as for me and my house? Why, why did he feel the need to declare that? At which point in his story was he saying this? And when I opened the Bible to find the verse in Joshua 24, guess how much verses there are in the book of Joshua? 24. He said it at the end. And as I kept reading, if you, if you need to understand scripture, scripture interprets scripture, right? So you have to read the context of the verse. So I'm going to read, I'll read the verse. Okay, I'll read verse 14 and verse 15. So it's fine in verse 15, but I'm going to read from verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Cast aside the gods your father served beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if it is unpleasing in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served beyond the Euphrates. All the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Now that scripture, those two verses alone, are say, it's saying a lot. It's telling us a lot about the story. But the first thing that stood out to me was that verse 14 started with, Now therefore. Which then implies that there's more story because you have to, you know, to say, therefore, you need to build on something. So then I went further back into the scriptures. I read chapter 24 and 23 for a bit more context. In my Bible that I have at home, my little one, there's headings. 
On the beginning of chapter 24, it says, a review of Israel's history. And then for chapter 23, it says, farewell address. What does this tell us? It tells us that Joshua was making that statement at the end of his life. It was part of his final address. His, his sort of like deathbed declaration in a sense. And we know those are important people. Always say important things before they die. And we, it paints this picture that this is his final resolve. This is his final chapter, the last episode of the season. This is his final resolve. Honestly, if I'm honest with you, I would have thought that Joshua would have said this somewhere in the middle. You know, he's the dude that, that had to take over from Moses. He's the one that was this warrior and conqueror and he had to conquer all the, um, all the tribes. He, he needed to conquer the land and then divide the lands. That's the task that God had given him. I would imagine that, like, you know, the, the walls of Jericho coming down and him like, yeah, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, that like zeal. No. He said it at the end. And surely we can take a lesson from these verses. Joshua, he took, a st he, he took some stock take of, of what, what God did, like as I mentioned in chapter 24. He did a review of the history, did a review of everything God had done. And then he gave this instruction to the people that he had been leading for his whole life. And he said to them, choose for yourself. And he made this declaration. And, and surely we could learn from that. We could, we could learn to take stock of our own lives. We can take stock of everything God has done. And we can, we can hear his words and listen and say, we need to choose. And we need to declare. And that would be a word. That would be a preach. But is that all there is to the story? Is what I ask. Randomly... I don't know if God does this with you guys, but randomly, a little while ago, God said this to me. I don't know if God tells you random things randomly. He was just like, Tony, I am the protagonist. I was like, cool, God. Quickly Google what is protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> a protagonist is the main character in a story. He is the one whose decisions affect the plot the most. The whole plot revolves around that main character. God was saying, I am that person. I am that character. I am the main character, the ones whose decisions affect the storyline the most. And this provides us with a, a bit of a new lens. I mean, it's obvious God, God is number one, right? We all know that. But when we think of him in terms of a protagonist, the main character of a story, it, it gives us new lenses. Now, I don't know how many of you like me wears glasses, but when, you, when I don't wear my glasses, everyone's blurry. When I put it on, I can see you clearly. It changes how you see things. So when I reread the story of Joshua, I see the character of God everywhere. We see how he spoke to Moses. We, speak, we see how he commissioned Joshua. And we see how he encouraged Joshua to say, be bold and courageous. We see how he was the one leading Joshua in every single victory. Joshua's name literally means, Yahweh is deliverance. Literally in Joshua's name. God is telling his story. 
through, this, through Joshua's story. So there's this place in our lives where our lives and God's lives inter- almost intersect. And, and it's not about us living our story, but God living his story through us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important for us to make that distinction. Why? Because if we read Joshua's story as just Joshua's story, it would be the end. The end of his story. With him saying, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. End of chapter, read to the end of chapter 24 and done. But when we look through the lens of God telling his story, it's only the end of a chapter. There are still many more chapters and seasons that, that came and still to come. Now with this lens, if we look at that main verse or that main line in that scripture, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We can see that Joshua is, is saying this with a level of understanding. He's understanding who God said he is. He's understanding that God said he would do this thing and God did it. He's telling the people of Israel, this is all the things God did from the beginning of, of when he called us as a chosen people. These are the victories that he's done. This is what he done for your forefathers. So now I place it to you to choose for yourself. He had an understanding also, I want to say, of his role in it, in it all. He understood that it wasn't about him. In fact, if we read Joshua 21, 43, verse 43 to 45, it says, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Everything was fulfilled. Everything that the Lord set out to do, he did. And Joshua, in this place of final resolve, understood that this was his only reasonable response. His only reasonable position was to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In the beginning, I said I shared the poem to introduce this idea of story. But also I want to share it because that's the point in my life where my story interacted with, um, intersected with God's, or God rather, with mine. It's a story where I became aware of the fact that my life is not my own. He's the one that did the work. He's the one that revived my spirit. He's the one that showed me the truth of where I was at at the time. And my last line in the poem, which says... Um, and now every day I vow Jesus, I do, because he asks, will you trust me? That was my resolve at the time. And up until today, every day, if I, whenever I share that poem, for me it's like renewing very, um, wedding vows in a way. I am reminded that every day I vow to trust the Lord. I want to read Second Corinthians 3 verse 2 to 3. 
This is a letter or epistle written by Paul to the church of Corinthians. He says, You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ. When he says epistle, he means letter. Ministered to us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Our lives are being described as letters. The way we live, the way we speak, the way we love, is meant to tell a story of Jesus. Not written with ink, but written with the spirit of the living God. The same God that spoke a word and the whole creation existed. The same God that chose a people for himself, Israel, and did everything in his power to bring everything into fulfillment. The same God who caused the walls of Jericho to, to come down, who caused the sun to stand still, is the same God today. The same God that used wisdom in, in dealing with these people and had compassion on them when they failed. The same God that called every prophet to prophesy and, and fulfilled all those prophets, prophecies. The same God that sent Jesus as a baby in a manger. The same God who had to send Jesus who then had to learn obedience, who then became the perfect man and the perfect God. And the same Jesus who died and rose again to graft us in as Gentiles into his story, the same Jesus who then sent the Holy Spirit who is now living in us, the same God. The same God who breathes life into us, who breathes life into our spirit and empowers us with the spirit of grace and power. He has given us everything for life and godliness. The same God. The same God. And our only reasonable response. Romans 12 says, Love, love your life as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing and acceptable. Just like Joshua, his only reasonable response, he understood is to declare that me and my house, with every lost energy and influence that I have left over the people around me, over this people I've been serving, over my family, we will serve the Lord. We will worship Him with lives poured out as living sacrifice. For all we know, we could be living in the last chapter of the last season in God's story. If we look at what's happening yes. around us, if we look at the prophecies that have been fulfilled, we could be in the last chapter. Yes. Yes. We don't know how close we are to the end. Yes. And Sheldon has been preparing us, and the leaders have been preparing us because he's going to go into this end time eschatology teachings. And end times can evoke different kind of responses. For some, maybe it's uncertainty. For some, maybe fear. Maybe, maybe it makes some people uncomfortable, but whenever I read scriptures about the end days in the Bible, it's always accompanied with hope and encouragement. And I want to declare today that we are in a season of hope and victory and glory. Hebrews 3 verse 6 says, But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. 
and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you test him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we live our lives, we are here to reflect. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying your story doesn't matter. Your story matters. But it matters because God has called you. It's because God intersects. It's because God's loving spirit lives within you, quickening your mortal body. And as we surrender, as we follow, not not out of the sake of religion, but as we follow after the Holy Spirit and how he leads us to love the people around us, to be his house as we are called to be. Then it's like next level story. And I encourage us this morning to stay alert. Stay awake. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Listen to the story that he is telling. And understand your part that you play in his narrative. Amen. Let's stand. Father God, we worship you. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you because you are faithful from in every generation. We pray right now, Lord, and we ask that your Holy Spirit come and fill us afresh, my God, to an overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I pray for your Spirit to be poured out like in your scriptures that say in the last days you will pour out your Spirit over everyone. And I pray right now, Father God, for the release of your anointing over your people. I pray for eyes to be opened and ears to be opened. I pray for your miracles, my God. I pray for heaven to come to touch earth Father God and I pray that you would give us an understanding of who we are in you my God and what you are doing in this time I pray that you would reveal to us your word, reveal to us your spirit reveal to us the truth about the times that we are living in, fill us with your hope Lord, fill us with your joy Lord, help us to not compromise my God, make us steadfast in you my God in truth and in righteousness in the name of Jesus, I pray for renew my God, renew our minds my God. Renew our spirits. Breathe over us, Lord. Breathe over us again, my God. Thank you for what you are doing, my God. Thank you for the story that you are telling through our lives. Thank you that we can come once again and surrender. Thank you that your heart is compassionate towards us. We lay our lives down before you, my God. This house On this day, we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless everyone. Thank you for listening. Are you? May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. People willing there to stand with you and pray. And I just feel on the back of what Tony shared. If you're here this morning and, and you're not 
sure of salvation. Yeah, somewhere you might have prayed a prayer, and, but you're not sure. Yeah. Let's not walk out of here carrying that baggage with you. Let's leave some baggage behind. If you're not sure that if today is your last day on this earth and that you will go to heaven, please come and sit, stand with me and I would like to pray for you. Okay? While the healing team will continue praying on the other side. Is that okay? Tony, thank you very much. God bless you.